That's the nature of your emergency. Welcome to Tactical Living by Leo Warriors. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and I'm here with my co-host and husband, Clint. How are you doing? And for today's episode, we're going to talk about why I believe that you can still finish your job even when the job's not done. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, Clint's a police officer, and there was one night during this past weekend when he had to stay a lot longer than he's had to stay for quite some time. And he knew that he was going to need to because of whatever was happening that day, and he had texted me earlier on in the day to let me know. And in typical fashion, I never pry. I never ask why he's staying late or what's going on. Most of the time, I know that there are things that he deals with every day that I probably don't want to know about. So I didn't see him that night, and it wasn't until I woke up at 3 o'clock the next morning that he also woke up at 3 o'clock with me, just so that I can get ready and spend some time with him while I was getting ready, and he could drive me to work. To be honest, sometimes that's the only time that we get to spend together, is if he has a day off and we do things like driving to work together. So as we're going to work... I asked him if he wants to talk about his day, what happened the day before. And he gets into this crazy story, and it gave me a completely new understanding for what it is to live the life as a police officer and have to throw off the baton to someone else when your shift is over. So Clint, for everyone listening, why don't you just fill them in on a little bit about what a typical day looks like for you, but in particular, what this day, this past weekend looked like. So in typical fashion, I get to work that day and was just planning to have a typical day. I'm currently a field training officer or an FTO, and I spoke with my trainee in the morning and Asked him how he's doing, and we just, typical banter for for the morning. So we handled a few calls first thing in the morning, and then we got dispatched to an injury traffic collision in an area in our city, and we started heading up there. I knew, given the circumstances, it was a rollover collision, and the vehicle had gone down an embankment, that... I wanted my trainee to take the report so he can learn how to do that. So one of my partners went with us and when we arrived on scene, we see a vehicle maybe 25 feet down an embankment and of course it was on its roof. So we get over to the vehicle, fire department was there and we couldn't find anybody in or around the vehicle at all. So we're assuming the worst, thinking someone was thrown from the vehicle or possibly pinned underneath it. So we spent a lot of time searching the area for a possible person that may be injured or possibly killed. As we were doing this, 
my my other partner who was a motor officer for some time, he began to look at the skid marks up on the actual roadway when he noticed that there was two vehicles actually involved. And as he was doing this, he let me know that there was another vehicle involved. So we started thinking, well, maybe that other vehicle got the person and rushed him to the hospital. So we started doing notifications to the local hospitals, hopefully to recover somebody who was injured and figure out what happened. So as time went on, we didn't hear any news back from any of the hospitals and we kept checking the surrounding area because it's a pretty big area where someone could have gotten thrown into bushes or something like that. And we absolutely could not find anything. And what was really strange is the person's cell phone was right outside the driver's door. And you can tell it just occurred because there was ice from a cup that was in the center console still sitting on the roof of the vehicle. So when we finally came to the conclusion that this person either just got up and left or was taken to another hospital that wasn't notified possibly, we got a tow truck out there, we towed the vehicle, and started our whole documentation process. As I'm walking my trainee through the process of what he needs to do and explaining to him how detailed these accidents need to be when there's very high likelihood of someone being seriously injured. We have a random person stop by and say, there was just one vehicle involved in it. And we, me and my partner actually kind of look at each other and go, that's not right. We see the tire tracks. They're not old. We definitely know that there was two vehicles involved. And this person was adamant that there was only one vehicle. They were right behind it when it happened. So this is already setting flags off for us. So that person said they went to breakfast and saw us there after everything and decided to stop and just tell us what they saw. So we wrap up our investigation in that area and are scratching our heads trying to figure out what actually occurred when we get another call of another collision about three, four miles away at another intersection with five cars involved. So we start heading that way and one of our other partners takes that and this is, you know, hour and a half, two hours after the initial rollover collision occurred. And we didn't even put anything together. But then a fight call goes up, goes out over our radios, maybe five blocks away from where we were at at that other collision. So me and my partner, we go up there. And I should say my trainee drove me up there because that's what he's learning to do is how to drive a police car. And we see a guy sitting on the side of the road and we just start talking to him, asking him what happened. When he explains that he just fell and fell on some rocks. Well, anyone who's in law enforcement or has knowledge of when someone says they just fell on some rocks and they're bleeding from their face, the likelihood is they just got the shit beat out of them. So we're further questioning him, and he says the, a random statement of he's up 
he was in a collision up in the north end of our city. And we started prying a little bit more on that and discovered he was driving the other vehicle in that collision, which turned out to be a car he had stolen from a family member. And all of his family members came up to where we were at at that time and really beat the crap out of him. So as soon as he said that, he kind of rolls over in pain and starts holding his stomach and he wouldn't share any more information. We had the medics on their way already and they got there and started doing their evaluation. They ended up transporting him to a local hospital and myself and my trainee followed the ambulance to figure out still what we had going on. When we got to the hospital, he was still reluctant to talk with me, but was semi-coherent enough to where he told me that in the accident that he was involved in with the rollover, that he was chasing that truck and there was a lady thrown from the vehicle and she was dead. And this just completely threw me by surprise. And my trainee looks at me just with that lost puppy dog look. And at that point I knew we needed to make a phone call to have my partners go back up in the area and look for any possible victim that we may have. So after doing that, I tried talking with him more and he just started pretending he was sleeping and started playing games and he would no longer talk with us at all. So my partner who was investigating the side where he was beat up by his family members also discovers a air pellet rifle and a crossbow in the back of the vehicle he had stolen from his, his family member. And this whole situation just was completely out of the ordinary and all of us were just so baffled by it because we looked everywhere. We had the helicopter come over us. We, we looked for it, anybody or injured person, and we just couldn't find it. And so Clint's sharing this story with me and he expresses to me how difficult it was despite how late they had to stay that night doing paperwork, for his trainee to just let it go and to go home. And his trainee had a difficult time handing the job off to the new shift coming on. He didn't like having to brief them and take the story and put it on someone else's desk instead of being out there himself searching for that missing woman until she was found. And as you sit there now and you think about your own life, where have you ever half-assed the second half of a project because you were tired and you just wanted to power through it and to get it done? And think about what would have happened if you had just waited the next day when you were wide awake and full of focus and put your energy and effort in finishing that project so that the first half matched the second half in terms of quality. Think about the gym. Most of us go to the gym and we spend an hour, maybe an hour and a half. What would happen if you went to the gym and you worked out the whole entire day? 
And you did that with the intention of touching every single muscle in your body, getting in all the cardio and the entire workout combination for the entire week. Most of us wouldn't see that as progression. And most of us wouldn't even be able to move the next day. We wouldn't be climbing up the ladder. Instead, we'd be falling backwards. And I think that when you have the will and you're able to say, it's okay for me to quit for the day, it makes it so much easier for you to come back the following day to finish whatever you were working on. And in a situation like Clint's, where coming back the next day involves handing off the project to somebody else, it's okay. It's okay for you to stop and remember that sometimes you're a part of a team. And sometimes other members in that team will see things that you didn't think of. And that's important. That's what allows us to grow and to flourish. And in retrospect, learn. I know for myself, some of the biggest times that I've learned is when I've had insight and valuable information shared to me from somebody else that I never would have even considered because I was so narrow-minded and so focused on just getting the job done. But I think it's important as you listen for you to allow yourself some grace For you to be able to say, it's okay for me to shut things down for the night or take what I have so far and hand it off to someone else. And when you're able to set aside the pride and you're able to allow yourself to recharge and then come back to the task when you're full awake and full alert and able to bring new ideas to the table, then you'll really start to enjoy your tactical living.